Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry. I am the co-founder of Ignite DA. As always, so glad that you've joined us. I'm excited about today's conversation with one of the gurus out there when it comes to dental consulting, and that is Deborah Engelhart Nash. Hey, Deborah, how are you, my friend? I am really great, Kevin. Thanks so much for having me on this podcast. Such an important um, segment of the dental world. Absolutely. So thanks. Well, absolutely. Well, I know you have that soft spot and that passion for dental assistants and everything they do for not only the patients, but the bottom line. And that was one of the reasons I was so excited to have you on today. Uh, like I said, you are so well known out in the, the dental consulting industry. I know your passion for assistance. And I want to talk to you today a little bit about the role of dental assistance whenever it comes to case acceptance, because I know you've seen it not only in the practices you've consulted with, but also uh, your husband, Dr. Ross Nash, one of the preeminent cosmetic dentists out there today. I know you've seen how dental assistants play a role in his practice as well. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. And I, you know, I do have to mention a, a shout out to dental assistants because I actually think in today's world, they truly are an, a, a dental specialist in our industry. Um, I mean, oftentimes we've said in the past that, I mean, you can um, not, it may not be in the perfect world, but if I can take someone from, from, an, from a, a commerce, from a bank or from retail or something, and I can teach them the business of dentistry. But I stop and think about, it. I was just in a client's office um, last Thursday and Friday. Um, in fact, I called Dana while I was there. And not only do they have to know dental assisting, they have to know materials. They have to know yeah. technology. I mean, they've got to be, they've got to be technology savvy. They've got to be instrument. They have to be OSHA savvy, HIPAA savvy. I mean, oh my gosh, they, they're, I mean, their quiver of what they need to do is so full that I really um, consider them to be truly dental professional specialists for what they do. And I really applaud them. Um, I used to be a dental assistant a million and a half years ago. Um, and today, in today's world, I have, I have got a pretty good wash field technique. Okay. That's about right. it. I, like I can it. put a scrape on, <laughs> wash field. Other than that, I... You know, yeah, I can, I can chat. Um, but other than when, when it comes to all the armamentarium, all the instruments, all the medicaments, I really want to, first of all, I really want to shout out to dental assistants. The other piece that is important and the other important role that dental assistants play in the practice is that I truly believe that dental assistants, in addition to the rest of the team, but most importantly, dental assistants can validate or invalidate the doctor's treatment plan. Um, and I Amen. think um, that oftentimes, oftentimes the questions that the patient is reluctant to ask the dentist, who do they ask? They ask the dental assistant. They turn, you know, sometimes the doctor will leave the room and they'll turn, the patient may turn to, oh, which reminds me of making sure I say one, one thing, that they will turn to the dental assistant and say, do you think I should do this? Mm -hmm. Now, what if the dental Absolutely. assistant, I don't know. You know, or it's a lot of money. I've actually been in dental offices where, um, Kevin, where I've actually had dental assistants say um, that I don't have my work done here. And it's like, tell me why not? I mean, how can you, how can you extol the virtues and validate the doctor's treatment if you're not a patient of record? And, wow. you know, the, you know, the, it'd be interesting to see the, the, the remarks they'll make, you know, sometimes they'll say, um, I can't afford the fees. Well, if I'm, if I feel uncomfortable about the fees, then, I mean, I'm going down a rabbit hole, so I'm not, I'm going to kind of stop, but 
I think it's really important for a dental assistant to know that the patient looks to you as the second opinion of the dentist. Um, and they'll, and they also, they also, they, they kind of, um, I think sometimes they connect a little bit more and sometimes they'll say yes to the dentist because they don't want to offend or they don't want the yep. patient, the, the dentist to think that they can't afford it or don't want it. They may say yes to the dentist or may say nothing to the dentist. And then they turn to the dental assistant and says, wow, that's a lot of money. Or, wow, I just don't know if I should do that. Or what do you think? So yeah. it's, I think it's very important for, first of all, I mean, it's very important for the dental assistant to be present. So, I mean, we should probably start with that. Um, okay. And I don't mean I, I physically present during a treatment presentation, during a consultation and treatment presentation, there should be, I think, a presence. So we don't, we don't, this is not the time we leave the room to go sterilize um, instruments. We've got to, we need to be present in that room. Now, once again, it may be that there's a treatment coordinator who does this ultimately. I think a dental assistant is a great treatment coordinator. Um, but if I don't have a treatment coordinator, then that dental assistant needs to be present in the room, not only physically, but emotionally and mentally. If it works out that the dental assistant during the treatment discussion, not necessarily during the examination, but during the treatment discussion, if the dental assistant could be on the same side of the operatory chair, the same side that the patient is sitting, um, sitting on, standing behind the dentist, that sends a great visual message to the patient. And people, I mean, we communicate visually sometimes more than we do audibly. I mean, what, how people, you know, how they, what their body language is saying is 55% of how they communicate. So if the assistant yep. can stand behind or with, on the same side with the dentist, then the patient can focus one in, in one place rather than trying to pretend like, you know, like think about a tennis match, trying to, bob your head back and forth on each side of the net. That's sometimes what a patient does in a dental office when the dental assistant is standing on one side and the dentist is sitting on the other. So if I can move that dental assistant around to the same side as the dentist, so when the dentist is presenting the treatment, the dental assistant is standing behind the dentist and actually sort of almost nodding his or her head and basically, uh -huh. you know, saying, absolutely, abs I totally, you know, I get it. Um, so I think that's really, that's one important piece, um, um, as well. If we want to start at the very beginning and so many people, I know that, um, this is, we are such a, uh, a great industry, the dentistry that we, we spend a lot of time learning. And I know a lot of people have heard of Simon Sinek, start with why. So if we want to back way, way up to this conversation, I think it's really important for the dental assistant to tee up the conversation for the doctor. And by teeing up the conversation, it might go something like this. I think it's important for the patient to understand who we are, why we are, what we do, and why I'm a part of this. Um, why the doctor makes his or her treatment recommendations. So when, if I were to say to you, Kevin, hey, my name is Deborah, and I've been working with Dr. Nash for 25 years. Can I tell you a little bit about that and why I've been here so long? You know, I, first of all, I continue to admire his strength of character and his integrity. I admire his beautiful dentistry. Um, he really takes an, a very active role in continuing education. Not only does he and in my in that situation, not only does he take it, but he teaches it. Um, and uh -huh. I, I will tell you that in the 25 years I've been here, I have never doubted that what he what he has suggested to a patient is not in their best interest. 
That's powerful. I mean, powerful. Yeah. So uh, now yeah. if I don't believe it, I can't say it. But I think sure. it's important. I have an office in, that I work with in Eugene, Oregon, and um, Crystal's been with uh, Dr. I, his not his real name, but Dr. Howard. And this is what she says. You know, I, my name is Crystal, and I've, I've worked with Dr. Howard for 25 years. And she said, you know, one of the reasons I, I've been here so long is not only the way he treats his patients, but also the way he treats me. And she said, I know he respects uh, me, and I know he respects my, my, the work that I do with him. I also love it when our, our patients tell us how, how gentle he is and how nurturing he is, and he's a great listener. So I think those, what are the virtues of the, of the practice? Most dentists don't walk into an operatory and say, damn, I'm good, and you're so lucky to be here. I mean, we have a few friends that we know that might do that. I mean, Larry <laughs> might do that. Mike Apple might do that. But most dentists come in yeah. with this beautiful, wonderful humility to say, I hope they like me. And I'm afraid that if I, you know, they're not going to come in and say, let, let me tell you who I am and why I'm so great. But a dental assistant can do that. Let me tell you who she is and why I think she's so great and why I'm here. Um, when we, uh, uh, this, I'm going to try to make this long story short, but that's not my nature. So it's when, all good. <laughs> uh, for, so when Dr. Nash, so Dr. Nash has been practice for over 40 years. People, yeah, he's a cosmetic aesthetic focused fee-for-service practice. Everybody said his practice would not sell because he's a unicorn. Who's going to, he's a brand. No one's going to want to buy his practice. Who's going to replicate him? Um, who's, you know, well, guess what? We bring this, this young, uh, he's not super young, but Dr. Wormlinger. So here's the story. There should always be a story, dental assistants. So here's the story that I tell. Well, we brought Dr. Wormlinger into the practice. One of the things that happened, um, we had a patient who reached out to us on, on Instagram she had been in a, this was not one of our patients. She was a potential patient. She'd been in a coma for a few months. And while she was in her coma, no one had taken care of her teeth. Oh, when wow. she finally came out of her coma, she looked like a meth mouth. She was, it was decay, rampant. She, she can't get a job because of her appearance, because of her dentistry. She's been in a coma. She has no money. She cannot afford implants, let alone, let alone a, a, a denture. So she reached out to Dr. Nash and Dr. Nash doesn't do um, dentures. He doesn't do removables, but Dr. Wormlinger does. So, so here's, and I tell, I'm telling this story to patients. I said, let me tell you a little bit, a little bit about Dr. Wormlinger and his character. So we told him about this patient. We showed him the pictures and he said, well, I do removables. I I'll take care of her and I won't charge her. Wow. And wow. I show before and after of this patient. And I'll say, this is what Dr. Wormlinger did for this person at no charge. I mean, even when I tell the story today, I get chills. And the, pa and the, and the patient says, oh, my gosh, I want to meet him. Oh, my gosh, what a wonderful yeah. person. Now, they haven't even met. We call him the worm for short. They haven't even met the worm yet. But the dental assistant teed it up for the patient to want to meet him. So I think it's the responsibility of the dental assistant to say, let me tee up the story. Let me tell the story about who she or he is and why I'm here and why we're glad that you're a part of our practice and what we're going to offer you. Um, so that doctor can come in with that beautiful humility. I also think it's important. So we start, that's how we begin. And this is uh -huh. what we're going to do today. And, and it's, it's more of the, here's, here's how we're going to treat you as opposed to this is what we're going to do to you today or do for you today. Right. It's, this is what we're going to do for you today. Not this is what we're going to do to you today. You know, so, so many times we say, okay, Kevin, sit down. We have 40 minutes and we're going to do a full mouth series. We're going to do an intro camera game. We're going to trade all problems. We're going to do take study models. We're going to do a treatment plan. We're going to sit down and tell you what you need. We're going to talk about that in a minute. We're going to tell you what you need. We're going to tell you what your insurance is going to involve and what your out-of-pocket expenses are going to be and what we're going to need to collect before we start. 
yeah. don't you know, do that. First of all, we don't tell patients what what um, what we need. What we want to say to the patient: We're going to give you the 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 objective of today's appointment is to give you the information to help you make the right choices for your care, as opposed to, because when I'm, I'm going to tell the patient what we can do for them, as opposed to tell me what we're going to do to them. And that makes a huge big, difference. Big difference. Absolutely. Big difference. The other piece, and we could have actually, I know we just finished a podcast, the other, the other situation, I yep. think when, when we talk about um, helping uh, doctors and helping present treatment to patients. When we are getting ready to sit down and talk to the, pa- the patients about their treatment plan, we should be getting their permission. Would you uh, allow me to tell you what I'd like to do for you? Or would you allow me to tell you what is possible? Or Kevin, uh, would you allow me to tell you what I'd like to do for you or what is possible for you? If you were, what I'd like to do if you were my brother, so that getting permission, would you allow me to tell you, as opposed to, I'm going to tell you what you need. I'm going to tell you what your insurance is going to pay and how, and how you're going to pay, make your out-of-pocket expenses. I like so that. it's, would you give me permission to tell you what I could do? And now you've got a patient saying, what's the patient going to say? No, don't tell me. They're not going to say that. Yes. Tell me what you could do for but, me. And then we have snaps to, the mindset. Yeah. It totally snaps the mindset. The other thing that we want to make sure that at, we only we we give them our first op, the first the preferred option first. And then we learn to be quiet. And when the patient says, um, wow, that sounds like a lot of money, is there is there something that might be less, you know, and after we might quote a fee and is there something that we could do that might be less expensive? Um we but we don't actually present the less expensive option until we presented the ideal option first. Okay. And if we never present the ideal option, they will never choose it. So I'm always telling doctors, you know, if you don't present your ideal treatment plan, you, the patient will never say yes. And they don't know what they sure. said. They didn't, didn't say no to. I think this also part when we're, when we're, if we're focusing on, so I think for doctors, we always get permission before you start lauding into starting at tooth number one and ending to tooth number 32 and then saying, well, do you have any questions? Say, would you allow me to tell you what I could do for you? Would you give me permission? Love that. Um, I think it's also important that um, that the that the last person who, um, rather than do you have any questions, I think it's important for the dental assistant to be able to say to the patient, I know that Dr. Henry shared a lot of information with you today, didn't he? What questions can I answer for you? Wow. So I think there should be that dental assistant, what questions, and sitting down, not standing, not on the computer, not getting ready to walk out of the room, not tearing down the room for sterilization, sitting with that patient eye to eye and saying, there's a lot of information um, shared, wasn't there? Tell me how you're feeling about your experience with us. Tell me how you're feeling about the information Dr. Henry shared with you. What questions can I answer for you about that? And that it, should you know, happen. I- Go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, I, I love all that. And, and I think about how much confidence the dental assistant has to have in order to do all yes. of these things. And and, yes. that, and that I think is something that's so often maybe overlooked is that confidence in yourself and in your abilities to say, what questions can I answer? And then know you do have the answer. Well, I think because here's also what happens in a lot of dental offices. Um, okay, so we've now done your, we've given you your treatment plan and we've told you everything you need. Now we're going to set you up. We're going to have Mary talk to you about money too soon. And so oftentimes yeah. they say that a confused mind always says no. Um, I should have been more confused in my dating life. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, well played. Well played. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think sometimes we release the patient too soon to start talking about money. The patient really isn't clear on what they want to do yet. And so I think sometimes that handoff from the dental assistant to the financial coordinator happens way too fast. Um, uh -huh. And I also think I was, I was observing in an office um, last week and the dental assistant brought the patient into the consult room and just sort of plopped him in there and said, Savannah will be with you in just a minute. And the patient sat there by themselves. And uh -huh. there was, and he didn't even know who Savannah was. Savannah was never introduced. There was never a conversation. And then Savannah sort of walked in and said, hi, I'm Savannah. And, you know, she basically she might as well have said, and I'm the collector. I mean, yeah. so there should have been a really nice handoff between the dental assistant and the treatment coordinator if they're different or the financial coordinator if they're different. So I'd also like to caution offices, be careful of releasing the patient too soon to talk about money. Um, be clear that the patient had an opportunity to discuss concerns and with the clinical team. So I always say to my audiences, the decision to accept treatment is the responsibility of the clinical team. My responsibility as a financial coordinator is to negotiate terms of patient, uh, excuse me, to negotiate terms of payment after the patient has said yes. That's a nice delineation right there. I really like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, De Deborah, there, there's been so many good nuggets in here, and I'm so thankful you've been on today. Uh, I know some of our assistants, they love to reach out to our guests to ask them a little bit more, to, to follow up on something. Is there a way that our assistants can can reach out to you if they've got a question or want to pick your brain a little bit more? Oh, absolutely. And I don't have a meter on my phone, so they absolutely can text me. I'll give you my cell phone number and shoot me a text. And if I can answer right away, I will. If not, I'll let you know when I can, but and I'll give you all my information. I'll give you my, my email address too. I try to use every letter of the alphabet in my email address to make it confusing <laughs> for people. But my, my cellular number is 704-904-904-3459. So 704-904-3459. My website is DebraEnglehartNash.com. I always have to tell people how to spell that. And also my email is DebraEnglehartNash at Gmail. But it's D-E-B-R-A. I spell it that way. And the Englehart <laughs> is confusing. It's E-N-G-E-L. H-A-R-D-T Nash, N-A-S-H at gmail.com. So I should have dropped the angle heart, but I didn't, you know, just in case I have to go into a witness protection program or Ross screws up in some manners, I can always go back to angle heart. <laughs> so it's never angle heart Nash at gmail.com, but it's E-L, not L-E, E-N-G-E-L, H-A-R-D-T Nash.com or at gmail.com. And we will make sure to put that in the show notes as well. So that hopefully it is Thank just a you. click. Thank you were on your way to the amazing Deborah. Deborah, I'm thankful for you, not only for as a friend, but also uh, what you do for dental assistants and, and dental teams around the country every day. So thank you for well, that. Well, ditto, ditto, Kevin. You do great work. Thank you. And thanks to uh -huh. all of you who listened to this episode. We love to bring you guests from around the industry who have that passion for assistance, who want to make sure that you are having a better day, a better career, and love what you do more. So until next time, this is Kevin Henry signing off for the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA and is always reminding you that, yes, together we rise.